Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm looking at my leg and it's like completely just shattered. You know what I mean? So it was it was definitely probably the darkest time of my life for sure. This is On the Fence with Monica Oxsamen. Today, a very special episode with my friend, Paul George, who is a six-time NBA All-Star, a five-time member of the All-NBA team, as well as a four-time member of the NBA defensive team, and a 2016 Olympic gold medalist. What up, what up? Thanks for we having finally, me. Yeah, of course, please. So I think something we do need to talk about, which I don't, I don't think we should answer the question because I always see the comments. You don't because you got so many of them. But yeah. everyone is so upset that they don't know what OB means. Yes. Every no time I comment, I no one knows. And there was that Reddit article <laughs> I sent you that they, they think I don't know who you are and that I think you're Odell yeah. Beckham, which was hilarious. Yeah. It is funny. Because people know him as OBJ. Like, nobody calls him OB. So the fact that people would think that's the case is, is funny. Well, OB is Olympic best friend. I think we just had a cool, like, bond. Uh, you know, we, we just, like, had a cool bond, our background story. You know, meeting you was awesome. It was, like, dope to just be around, like, a bunch of U.S. Olympic athletes and bonding and being there and enjoying the moment, the culture. Like it was just a special moment being there with everyone. And you were cool. We had a ping pong game. I think I, I came out the winner. You did, yeah. You All right. You want to know? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Want to know? I would take that. Whatever. So I actually won two medals there. I, I got the <laughs> ping pong medal and and the basketball medal. It's a little fun fact. Go away. <laughs> there was no medals. <laughs> that never happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was awesome. And I mean, it, like from the beginning, you were real. Like you were down to earth. Like we met at opening ceremonies when I came up to take a photo with you. You were one of like the, I mean, the biggest athletes that I met there that was just normal. But yeah. I almost had you coming out to yeah. fencing if you guys didn't have all your practices. Yeah, it was, it was, I wanted to support like literally every like sporting event but it was just so hard with like practice with and we stayed off like we stayed on a yacht like far out so it was like a process and and, and a whole deal to get to like all the sporting events it was it was fun but it made it like kind of like we were outsiders we were outcasts we couldn't enjoy like the whole olympic vibe you know what i mean it, it kind of yeah. sucked but yeah, I remember you complaining about that. But speaking of which, how did you, were you guys even set up on the yacht? So we had like two. We had like the one we were stationed on. It was us and it was the USA women's basketball team. We shared like the same yacht. And then next to that one was like, you know, it had the restaurants. It had, you know, if our family came in town, our family could stay on that one. It was a, it was a much bigger one. And then it was just like USAB, like partners, you know, endorsers. Like it was, you know, everyone that was around the whole USA basketball i should say they all stayed on like the bigger yacht gotcha. so it, it kind of sucked like we were in brazil we were in rio like you know we we wanted to be able to, to to walk around you know be a part of that culture but it is what it is safety's first and we understood that yeah of course of course i mean it's not like i'm not always telling you this i mean the beds were super uncomfortable in dorms so that wasn't great the food was horrible so it's not yeah. like you were really missing out on too much aside from being able to meet different athletes yeah that's what i was so like happy about like oh cool like because i wanted to see like michael phelps i wanted to see like serena i wanted to see like you know everyone that i grew up watching and, and, and loving and then like okay this is a chance to see right. up close and personal so 
I actually saw your or heard your other yeah, podcast. Yeah. Like McDonald's was your meal every day. Yeah, because I was getting I was <laughs> uh, I was getting sick every morning. I ate breakfast at the village twice, and I yeah. like as an athlete, like obviously, like I'm careful what I'm putting in my body, but I was nauseous to the point of I couldn't train. So yeah. then from that point on, I started eating breakfast at Lonier, which was like the, one of our training centers because they brought the chefs from the Olympic committee and then I was fine. But uh-huh. in general, like that food didn't, was not good. It wasn't labeled. I remember eating pad thai and I, I, I think on that same episode I was saying was I bit into like we were in a conversation and I took a bite and all of a sudden I bit into a pepper and it just I felt fire <laughs> in my mouth and I started crying like tears are flowing down my face everyone's like what's going on I was like I bit a pepper yeah. and I can't speak everyone's <laughs> running to get me milk and that's when I was like I'm done I'm like yeah. we're competing soon I'm gonna get I literally went and got McDonald's every morning I had a meal for breakfast lunch and dinner and that's what I, I think, ate I think what helped because we were on this like we had our own little ship and we had a chef and so I think when it came down to like because when we went over to the village we went there you know we hung out for the day for the opening ceremony so we were there just chilling like hanging at the village and we actually had like lunch in the cafeteria and all of us looked at each other like okay we're where we're at is way better than being here like <laughs> food was better yeah. the dorms were small and like uh we were like all right we're, we're cool where we're at yeah we're not like i said the only thing you're missing out on is the opportunity to be meeting athletes but i mean you were still uh, able to do that at the nike house and all the other houses so at least yeah. that made up for it and yeah. we were all far from everything like traveling an hour to go to the team usa house oh, insane that's, that's true that's true i think yeah, even I think you were a little closer i think we were well i went to one of your games but I don't remember what I think my venue was right by your venue and even that was like a 45 minute trip from the village mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. awful yeah it was, it was an experience though I would say the least uh, I, I'm happy I did it you know oh for sure I mean there was like there's fun. positives and negatives to everything so I mean the positives outweigh the negatives in the situation thankfully exactly. well moving along congratulations on your engagement that's exciting can we talk about that yeah so I've been with my girl for going on six years. I believe girls are always better with the dates. Always. She has the date, the uh, time, everything. (laughs) Uh, Going on six years and, you know, I just turned 30 in, well, this past May and and she just turned 30 this past November. So it was kind of like us going into a new chapter of life, both going into our 30. We got two kids together and, you know, at that point it just looked back and it's like, all right, we have life now. You know, we we, we have moments together. We, We just built so much together we have so much equity within each other that i felt it was it was the time you know she obviously wanted it a lot sooner than i did but i you know i told her i had to be ready (laughs) you know just told her i had to be ready too and and i was ready you know we're both ready for the moment you know it's about moving forward you know it's about you know our little ones you know seeing you know what a happy home is right and they're both adorable is there more on the way or are we done it too uh they're we're in talks we're in negotiations uh (laughs) one more for (laughs) Okay. One more for sure. Hopefully, hopefully two more, depending on if this third is a boy or not. I need a boy. Okay. I gotta have a boy. I mean, I thought we were going for a female basketball team, but we're gonna go for both. We can. You know what? If I'm all for having more kids, you know, I I think we have two amazing little ones. They're smart. They're beautiful. Like I'm all for having more kids. But you know, at the end of the day, it's a woman's decision. You know, she's got to be comfortable with it. Right. You know, I respect her allowing or, or wanting one more, so I won't push it past that. You know? All right, cool. Well, um, so what about this engagement? Did she know it was coming? Did she know anything? She didn't know anything. She did not know it was coming. It was, uh, it's funny. Like, I set it up. I had her friends involved, my friends involved. 
And it's funny because we had a flight, like we took off. It was her birth. It was around her birthday. I, I wanted it to be like a birthday surprise. You know what's funny? Throw- before you can continue, I yeah. I feel like I always have a hunch with everybody that I know when I know that it's coming for whatever uh-huh. reason. I saw it like you reposted her story of her like with a mimosa or champagne something on the flight and I was like why do I feel like an engagement's coming oh so you knew I literally had a feeling like I said like with so many people I have a feeling like my friends too they did like he took her for a surprise trip to Mexico and I think you were also in Mexico right yeah Mexico's the place but yeah I saw it like on their story and I was like oh they're definitely getting engaged and the next day she's like oh like I said yes same thing with you I was like I think (laughs) this is happening all right go on tell me more yeah so it's her birthday so I wanted it to be like a complete surprise. I wanted it to just be like, oh, okay, like he's taking me away for my birthday. We're going to enjoy the weekend. No kids, just me and him. So the, that was the narrative that I that I had her thinking. But I actually had her friends meet us out there. I had my friends meet us out there. And it was funny because I don't know how, I didn't know how to like propose. I didn't know what to do. Like what's the guidelines? Right. Right. So I'm like Googling stuff like a couple <laughs> weeks in advance. Seriously, I'm like Googling stuff a couple weeks in advance. Like, all right, what's the best way to do this? How do you do it? I read some article, it says like, you know, write down what you love about her, write down like special moments, write down special places you've been. So I had all this stuff written in my notes, right? So on the flight, I'm like sneaking over on my phone, trying to remember everything that I wrote down, right? And she's talking to me, I'm like quiet as a mouse. My palms are sweaty, like I'm nervous, but I'm trying to remember everything that I just wrote down. So, you know, it was a complete surprise. We get there, her sister, her friends pop out, my friends pop out, like she still doesn't know like what it is. She just thinks it's a birthday surprise. I had her meet me down down by the by the beach friends her friends walked her down there i am just waiting for her. and the second i saw her like literally everything that i was thinking of just went out of the, out of oh the, my, my head like i couldn't memorize anything i wrote <laughs> so i mean it, it made it a, a better like a special moment it was from the heart you know what i mean so i thought it it ended up working out better that it was just from the heart and it was sincere and it was just how i felt at the moment but yeah i complete like just everything boop, just gone it's so but it was, funny it was fun it was a special moment it was it was cute in her in her uh words i had brownie points there good that's what matters um it's always so funny to like hear guys talk about it because like for us obviously like one we're surprised and we're like oh cool whatever like this sweet moment but like you guys yeah. and it's still like obviously you knew she was gonna say yes so like, why are you still panicking? But it's every guy. Like, I was actually engaged, yeah. but he too, he said that he like had everything figured out. He had a whole idea and he literally just like, he didn't even say anything really. He just literally was like, hey, will you be my wife? And I was like, where's like the, like, where's the love? Like, what what happened? And he's like, it's, I don't know. I don't, I forgot words. So it's so <laughs> funny to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's hard, you know, as a guy, it's hard to like, to tap into that like just sensitive side i guess like it's hard to to find uh, not to find that emotion that emotional space but like it's just hard like to open yourself up all the way like that you know what i mean we're just so like macho and just so manly like to get to that moment it's 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 tough that's why it takes that special person to, to bring that out of you. That makes sense, yeah. I mean, in general, men have a harder time communicating feelings and emotions, so that makes sense, but yeah, you're right. exactly, 
exactly You're right oh my god that's awesome so have you guys started planning anything do you guys know where the wedding when the honeymoon anything no i mean because of the covid stuff we kind of want right. to just you know wait till this passes over kind of wait it out she doesn't want like a covid wedding so it's basically like when everything goes back to normal i'm pretty sure it'll be like a locational wedding somewhere beautiful real intimate small group but, yeah i don't uh, see you as like as the now, huge wedding kind of guy i see you as like a small intimate wedding yeah yeah and the wedding thing is more you know i'm if she wanted to just go to a courthouse get married and we do like an engagement party um that would have been more my thing but you know i know the whole women want to be in their gown and the whole you know things right. around it i'm all for it so it's whatever she wants to do i love it i love to hear it there are good men on this planet is that's what you're telling me i haven't met them but at least i know that i know there one are. that exists cool we're around all right. Well, if you know of any, just please send them my way. I would love a great man. I got you. Cool. Perfect. All right. Let's get into the topic of the episode. So you had one of the most famous injuries from my understanding. Your video has, I think it was 16 million views. The one that I saw, there's also a slow motion one. I'm gonna be honest, I could not watch it. Bones breaking and that whole thing is like my weakness. I can't. I did read about the injury. So I know it was your tibia and fibula, right? Yep. Both of them just completely just shattered. Oh my God, that's crazy. So do you want to yeah. go back to that moment? I mean, I'm sure it's not a pleasant moment, but yeah you know what honestly it i turned it into a positive because for so many reasons it it almost like because it's a staple to so many people you know what i mean right. like yeah everyone when the moment happened was like hey i was doing this or i was there or i saw it when i was here or i was watching the game while i was doing this like everyone it, it kind of resonates and it kind of is a staple to everyone that that moment that you know for what it is i shared with a lot of people because you know everybody was tuned into the game or you know it was clickbait somewhere or you know it was on social media like so everyone had like some type of you know feelings towards that moment so it, it was actually you know it sucked you know when it happened but going through the process was was pretty cool because so many people reached out to me so many people were positive but it was hard it was tough you know when it happened initially so much was going through my head just on like man like this really happened to me and i've never really had any injuries other than an ankle sprain or right you know something bruised so this was like significant to me at the time and you know it was basically just like my career flashed in front of my eyes like of course yeah at that point i don't know you know will i be the same player will i even play basketball again like i'm looking at my leg and it's like completely just shattered you know what i mean so it was it was definitely probably the darkest time of my life for sure yeah i bet i mean i mine was different where like it was i mean i have fractured vertebrae heading into rio and i actually had a fractured vertebrae i still do because it turns out it never heals which is awesome yeah. but for me like it wasn't a moment like that it was kind of i felt pain and then i went to the, get an mri and they're like oh you have a fractured vertebrae so yeah. maybe a little bit less traumatic but still kind of same thing what you're saying like you're like oh my god like is my career over am i gonna be okay will i heal what's next so that's i mean the first thing you do is obviously go into panic which i'm sure is exactly what happened with you yeah yeah i i, I went into 
panic. And it's crazy. I, I mean, I have a high pain threshold. So the pain wasn't the worst part of it. It was just because at the time we were like at the height of basketball teams in Indiana, right? So we were like battling Miami. We were going head to head, like just really duking it out. Two franchises that were like really just duking it out at the time. And, you know, I was coming into my own. I felt really good. I felt like I was getting better and better. And I felt like maturity and experience was starting to like set in. Like right. now I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm not a kid anymore out here, like figuring it out. I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And that probably was the most painful part of it all because after I got hurt, the team that I was coming back to was totally different. Everyone like just, you could just feel the, the franchise, just the air just came out of the franchise. Like they knew it was like a window closed and it just wasn't the same. Like new teammates, new team. I came back to, you know, relearning how to just do simple stuff, relearning how to walk, relearning how to run, relearning like, you know, just to jump, to put force on it, to push off. Like it was just so many things I had to re relearn again. It was, it was a hard time. It was, it was, it was definitely rough to get over. Yeah. And then probably in the back of your head, the entire time is like, am I going to re-injure? Like, is this jump going to make it happen again? I'm sure that was in your head the entire time. Exactly. Yeah. It helped. It helped that I practiced and I came back that season while I was still hurt because it gave me confidence going into the following season oh, cool. that, hey, yeah, if I can play through this now, I should be good later on. So it helped when I came back early that season after I got hurt, it helped that I played the end of that season because then going into that next season, I was the whole thought of like, all right, will I, can I play? Will I be able to jump again, run again? Like all of that went out of my head. So I, I felt confident again, but you know, it's, it's, it's something that'll definitely be on the back of your mind always. Yep. And I think that's what some, what people don't realize. I mean, in general, like when I was recording my episode about me breaking my back, like, I don't think people realize of how much we have to deal with our, in our head with an injury. Like you watch an injury on TV and you're like, shit, no, my favorite player like broke his leg. Like my team's going to lose blah, blah, blah. But like, you're not realizing everything that's happening for an athlete. And that changes like our game forever. Cause same thing. Right. Like I'm sure if you ever feel a pain and being 30 I am as well you have those aches and pains and you're like oh my god did I re-break it again is this happening right, that's right. always in your head or like again like you're going for this jump and you're like "Ooh, I landed rough like is this next step gonna be a broken bone right right and I've had days where it was like sore where the where my where I fractured it where it was like sore and I'm thinking like damn is it like is there something wrong with it like till this day like I'll have days here and there is very rare now it was more so early on but it was like dang is is you know is there a micro fracture in there is right. something wrong Can I do with it, it again yeah and then like i think the worst part of it is like it's like man like because i'm i'm obviously not the athlete i was when i was 24 before i broke it so it's always the doubt like man where, where would i have been if i was like healthy if no accidents ever happened you know how good of an athlete would i have been because fact of the matter is i'm i i, I be, probably became a better player um from a cerebral standpoint being away right. from the game for a year um but i but i'm never the same athlete that i ever was you know after yeah. the injury yeah that's the worst part of it um that's speaking of which i just remembered too when i was talking to my cousin in poland and i it was like talking about who's like, hey, like who have you met, whatever. And I mentioned your name. He's like, shut up. You know, Paul George. And then he like, he was the one that told me about like the, the break. So okay. 
that's how I kind of knew about it because I, I don't really watch sports unless I know people because I just, I rather play. So I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. That's crazy. See, it was literally around the world that people knew about this traumatic experience. So like you were saying, it's, you share it with everybody. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. Okay, so are you still in pain from that injury today? Um, No, not from the leg. Like I said, every now and then, like very rarely, like it, it happened more so when I was in Indiana because it was cold and I have a rod in my leg. So some days when it was cold, like it'll be, gotcha. you know, there'll be like some type of feeling in it where it, it, it would take a minute for me to like, I would have to get warmed up. I would have to get like, you know, fully loose. Like there was a process when it was in the colder cities, but you know, being in California, it's fine, it's sunny, it's warm here. So um, it, ha it doesn't happen as often here. Right. And it's also funny too, as we're in our 30s of how much longer and how much more time you have to think about warming up and cool downs. I used to not do that. I used to like walk into That's practice, awful. jog around a little bit and be fine. <laughs> now I like run for the train, I'm not warmed up and all of a sudden everything yeah. hurts. God, it's man, funny because you know, we have young guys on the team now who are like 21, 22, and they can like just hop in the gym, pick up a ball and just go dunk it. And I'm like, man, I used to be able to do that. Like now, yeah, I got to get stretched out. I need I need to see my trainer before I touch that court at all times. Like there is no more hopping in the gym and just ready to go. I need to get stretched, a massage. Like it's a process now. And I tell the young guys like, man, enjoy it while you're young. Take care of your bodies. Enjoy this while you're young. Because when it goes, it it's the game will be different when it goes yeah and it's funny too then you tell them that or like when i remember when people telling me that they're like you should start warming up it's going to be important for you i was like i'm not going to ever need to warm up like you're just <laughs> old like you didn't take yeah. care of yourself i'm fine yeah. do you see me like nimble right. whatever and now right. I'm that person i wanted i was just giving game like you know the honest the genuine part yep. was just giving game but then i walked away i'm like man so i'm old like that. <laughs> yeah it's funny. This plane wants to fly over. Add added sound effects. Added sound effects. Okay, I think they're going. So you have planes, I have dogs barking. That's the difference between <laughs> you and I. Okay, so how did you adapt your self-talk when you went back to playing after an injury so i mean first and foremost i had an unbelievable supporting cast around me that really got me over the hump and i'm a pretty like self-efficient pretty self-motivated person so it just became automatically a challenge how do i become paul george again like and I'm a I'm a, the hugest Kobe Bryant fan, and so I would listen to a bunch of you know his interviews, a bunch of like ways he dealt with injuries. And one of the biggest things that stood out to me was, you know, he said you have to attack rehab the same way you attack training. And that part right there is how I went after every day. I attacked my rehab and and the training part of it just as hard as I would do like basketball training and basketball workouts and weightlifting. I just gave myself, every day I gave myself a 100% chance to, to come back healthy. And you know, when I looked at it like that, of course I had my good days, of course I had my bad days. There were days where right. I, I wanted to just quit. There was days where it was the pain was so unbearable that I just wanted to be like, you know what, let's just, let's let this thing heal let's stop rehabbing like once it get back healthy then we can start back rehabbing like that's where i was some days on, on the on the worst days but it was always like a little bug in the back of my head like you know how would kobe do this or what would kobe do or um 
and then that that kind of just pushed me it pushed me to get back in it motivated me right yeah that's so important to have first of all a good a great support system i think that's something that i never understood when i was younger but going through injuries and like the difficult times of an athlete i learned that without that there's you're not going to be an athlete if you don't have a good support system exactly so how long did you say your rehab was it was like a year before you could go uh, back to playing rehab, yeah so my rehab so i broke it in august of 2014 and i didn't i didn't come back and play until april 2015 so it was all in all it was about an eight month rehab program and like i said i came back and played that following season it's crazy i played in april but i was like practicing with the team in like february you know so i was i was back pretty early and you know i i trusted i trusted the process and uh the people that were around me and you know they got me back being able to play again that's awesome so i'm so glad you had such a great team behind you Mm -hmm. but then again there's a whole bunch of money in the nba Mm -hmm. and in fencing no one really cares (laughs) (laughs) the difference of it all yeah campaigning for fencing though we're we're gonna work on the fencing oh i'm campaigning for you perfect we need people like you (laughs) you kind of touched on it but uh how did you how are you able to grow mentally after you healed like again to not be worried about re-injury and all that stuff well, I think it that has to happen. Like you have to get to a place where uh, you are comfortable going back, doing your job again. I think that is very important and, and probably first and foremost, when you touch whatever you're doing again, for me, it was touching the court again. Like I had to block that part out of my head um, because I'm an in- instinctual player. And for me to have doubt and for me to second guess things, it wouldn't have been myself. I, I wouldn't have been myself. I, I would have been a totally different player. Um, so that was like first and foremost. Um, I had to just trust that I'm healed. I'm going to be okay. I can do the same things that I've been doing, you know, and and it, it worked. You know what I mean? It, it worked out for me. I was able to be aggressive and, and just play without any worries. So that was like first and foremost. I, I just had to block out that part that I'm not going to get hurt again. Or, you know, I, I, I think what helped when it all happened of course, like I said, it, I've never been hurt before, but it helped when I understood like, all right, injuries are a part of sport. And I just, right. it just so happened to be my time that this happened to me. So I, I think I had to cross, it was just so many roads I had to cross for me to like get to the point where I was at peace with everything. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, again, I've been down that road. Maybe not, like I said, not that traumatic of an injury, but similar concept of like, again, like I remember when I was, I was like slowly trying to go back into training. And I remember any kind of move that I make it faster because it's my back. So any change of direction, I would kind of always be like, I would do it. I'm like, Ooh, is, are we good? Is it coming back? So, I mean, I eased into it slowly. And again, just like letting my body fully heal before I can go again. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely a huge thing getting injured as an athlete and then not having to worry about re-injury because then that's something that's in the back of your do you still do like rehab and all of it i mean i can't i was yeah, I, I moved into a new apartment in Brooklyn in whatever, end of end of November, beginning of December. And I had to go down three flights of stairs for my old one and up four for my new one. I was crying hysterically in my bed that same evening. I, and it, my back hurt for like a week yeah. straight. So it's like, I mean, like I said, it never heals. And it's, I just have to make sure like my hip flexors aren't tight, my, my quads, my hamstrings. So like it's, I roll out every other day at least wow yeah that's what people yeah. don't understand the, the the amount of pounding and you know wear and tear sports do to your body you know that's what that's what people don't yeah. understand you know 
it, it takes a toll on you. It really does. And like, I mean, they watch us on TV doing all these things. And they're like, oh, like that doesn't look difficult. And it's when mm-hmm. you start thinking of, again, like the the pounding on the concrete or the even a basketball court, it's it's not good mm-hmm. for your joints. And same thing my mom's always told me. She's like, what are you going to do? Walk with a cane when you're older? And I was like, yeah, if I have to, so I can do what I want to do. But that's literally a possibility in my life. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it just sucks. There's a lot of pressure that like outsiders put on people that do sports like you know they don't know what we go through how much we're enduring and yet they hold us to this like you know under a microscope that we're supposed to right. be and perform and play at this level it's like man you don't know what i'm going through to, to yeah. entertain you guys like you don't know what is going on with me physically that you know the reason why like i'm struggling like or that i'm not you know looking myself like i'm trying to push through some stuff yeah and there's times that we don't even tell anybody about our injury like nobody knew about my back because there's a whole bunch of politics but i didn't as an alternate going into olympics i didn't want that preventing any from putting me out there the day of the competition. So nobody even knew, aside from my coach and our doctor, that I had a fractured vertebrae. Nobody knew. And yeah. it's just kind of like, if I if something hurt, I had to make up some bullshit of like, oh, my back's just tight. Meanwhile, I want to cry because it hurts so bad. And people, again, like, right. we don't tell people that. Like, same thing. I'm sure there's times you went into games, not 100%, because you don't want to tell anybody because you don't want to be not played. Yeah, listen, I played through two torn... I had a torn labrum and a torn uh, rotator cuff last year and literally played through it for like the the last like two, three weeks of the season. Like both of them were torn. I torn one. I, I messed up one maybe like halfway through the year and then I tore the, the other side. Oh my God. Yeah, within like two weeks after that one. And so I'm like, you know, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to tell the, like the press. I didn't want that to be like right. information that teams had. Like, oh, okay, like we can, we can hit his shoulders and it's going to bother him. Like, so I just had to like sit on it like man i'll deal with it when i get to the off season but it, it was it was tough because like it's so many people oh paul george is this like you know it's a bunch of stuff on the media like and it's like man if you only knew <laughs> if you only knew what i'm yeah, going through exactly that's exactly why I wanted to do this episode with you because of, of literally I, the shit that we go through that people don't know and we get judged on them. I'm like, oh, like judged. he couldn't perform. He's shit. Right. I have right. I have torn ligaments. Relax. Right. And it's funny because I see people and like, I mean, again, this goes along with the, the whole Kobe code. Like Kobe, like that's just how I was taught. Like, all right, you play through injuries. You know what I mean? Watching Kobe growing up, he played through injuries. Yeah. And I felt like that. That was like the golden rule. Like you played through it and then i see guys like oh they got an ankle sprain they're out or they got this and they're out finger hurts they're out like it's like man like okay i guess that's that's how they view it but like me uh if if it's not broke literally i'm i'm gonna play i'm gonna play through it i'm gonna suit up when it matters, you know what I mean? I like that mentality. I, I appreciate it. Okay, so what would you say were the most unexpected positives and negatives of the injury? I think the most unexpected positives, I think through it all, it made me realize like how much I love what I do. You know, going through, I've had what, four- I would agree. Uh, one, two, four surgeries in the past five years. Jesus Christ. Six years. Um, yeah. And it made me realize just how much I love what I do. There was like, if I ever second guessed, like, (laughs) you know, basketball and the love and the passion I have for the game, like that was the time to like, all right, I really love basketball. Like I love playing this game. You know, it makes me happy. It's, it completes me. It's a part of me. I would say the most unexpected negatives to it. I think it just, just the overall, like 
wear and tear, you know, the the overall just like once they say like once like the in in the athlete's world, the last thing you want to do is get, you know, cut up on. You don't want to go under the knife. Right. And I think just the the whole like, you know, negative part about that, like you come you don't come out of it the same, you know. It it it, yeah. it always is it's you're going to be a different player. You're going to be a different person. You're going to, you know, do things differently, you know. It, it it just is what it is. It's it's part of the game, like I said, but I think that's that might be the biggest negative about it. You know, as much as they say, oh, it's going to fix you, it's going to, you're going to be better, you're going to feel better. Fact of the matter is, you, you would never feel the same as before you got hurt in the way you will feel after you got fixed from being hurt. You know, it, yeah. it, it, you'll never get that back. Yeah, because it's also the time that you're spent rehabbing and the time that you also spent playing injured. I had a knee surgery. It wasn't major. It was just my cartilage wearing away. But same, Mm -hmm. I spent my senior year collegiate season in pain with that. So like, obviously, I wasn't training as hard. And then I, it took me eight months to fully not feel pain on a daily basis in my knee. But yeah, I mean, I still feel that as well. I I was like, Oh, you're gonna feel so much better. Like a new person. No, I, I never felt like a new person. I just feel less bad right (laughs) yeah you just feel less bad that's exactly how to put it you just feel less bad god athlete life um did you feel pressure from your team to recover in terms of like recovering coming back or yeah like recovering quicker or whatever in any shape way or form just curious because it's i didn't even think about that prior to it obviously i was thinking more of you dealing with it individually because it happened to you but obviously you're on a team and you guys are a whole unit. Yeah. Um, not I didn't feel pressure from the team, but I felt pressure that I had to come back, if if that makes right. sense. Right. Um the, it wasn't the team that was giving me pressure. Like last year, you know, when I got my, my shoulder surgery done the, this last summer. It not this summer, but the previous summer. I, it wasn't pressure that the team was giving me to like come back, we need you, like, but it was just pressure, like, cause I came into a new team, a new new situation. Um, and we had a lot riding on last season as a whole um, right. with championship aspirations. So there was it was just pressure there, you know, me joining a team that was ready to win. And so the pressure was just like, you know, my shoulders, like they they literally, I, I didn't feel how I used to feel. You know, I didn't shoot the ball the same way I used to shoot it. It, it didn't feel, my mechanics didn't feel normal. You know, it, it felt like I had a hitch. It felt like I was trying to aim the ball. Like I, I didn't have normal shooting mechanics. And that was the hardest part was like, I wanted to come back and play because I was healthy to play, but I didn't feel the same player that I, that I needed to be. Right um from a personal standpoint so that was really hard it was the hardest year of my life last year playing you know it it was just a lot of pressure like i said and it wasn't from the team it was just the outside pressure of you know a lot of talks being the clippers are ready to win the clippers are going to get a championship the clippers this the clippers that um but yet i couldn't perform on the level that i wanted to perform on um because i wasn't confident in my shoulders Right, right. Yeah, that's crazy. And too, like the amount of stuff that you get from the media and comments, that's also got to be a lot. Again, we don't deal with that in fencing. Nobody watches us. Our stuff isn't even on TV. But like even people like whenever I comment on your stuff, even people like respond to me giving you hate, which I never I also even get hate for being (laughs) friends with you. Like anytime I comment, it's like, oh, you're just trying to sleep with him. And I'm like, I'm literally just his friend. Like, do you see that he follows me? Like, there's a reason behind that. If I was just trying to sleep with him, we wouldn't like he also responds to me like do you 
you not get it? I right. got a comment the other day about you of like, they're like, oh, like Paul George yeah. told me what you guys did. Um, he sucks, by the way. I was like, you don't even follow me. Like, why do you need to come yeah. and hate it's- on me for being friends with somebody? I don't get it. Like, like people... I, it's weird to me like that makes so people strange. day you know what i mean that like literally makes people day when they can just get on instagram or get on twitter and just talk mess and try to get under your skin like that yeah. makes them happy it's a weird world on social media you know yeah i mean i think um, it's insecurity because then it, i i usually clap back to these people and i'm like and like he kept commenting and i was like he doesn't even know who you are and he like said again i was like do you like yeah. he literally has no idea who you are and you're upset because <laughs> he knows who i am and doesn't know who you are and that's right. literally it that is this that's what it comes no down other to. reason to hate on me that's what it comes yeah. down to it's like wow like like how, does, how are you guys friends? Like, I want to be his friends. Like, how are you guys friends? But yeah, like, no, the social media part is, it, it was very, it, it's tough, you know, because that's pressure of its own. Pressure of its own. And then every time I speak on it, like, oh, okay, now he's the man of excuses. But it's like, no, the reporters ask me a question. I give my opinion and now I'm making excuses. Like, no, I'm telling you like right. how I felt. I tell you like, how are you going to tell me how I felt and what was going on with me. You know what I mean? That's right. that's what the funniest thing is that like so many yeah. people, because of social media, so many people think they have voices and opinions. It's like, it's not like I'm going out of yeah. my way to we're say a, like- We're in a time where everybody has an opinion it's, on it's, everything. Yeah, it's, it's the world we live in. Like, it's not like I'm ever going out my way to like post, oh, this is how I'm doing. I felt this, I felt that. Like, it's a question that someone's asking me and I give my opinion to it. And I tell how my side of what happened or how I felt or what went wrong. Like, it, it, it's it's just weird. So I, I've learned, like, media-wise, like, just take the high road, take the blame, and just roll with the punches. Right, yeah. And it's crazy that's something that we have to be dealing with as athletes. Like, you should be, your one and only job is to be playing, but yet you have all these other comments. And it's also, it's funny, too, because it's so clear that you're not sitting on your Instagram, like, interacting with people or whatever. So why they feel the need to be hating on you knowing full well you're most likely not even seeing it is just beyond me but i don't know and there's a lot of things about people that i will never understand <laughs> i don't get it i don't get it but you know. okay so next we have rapid fire questions so you ready for these Ooh, fun part let's do it so my favorite one is if you were a fruit what fruit would you be and why if i was a fruit i would be grapes okay um, and why because i won't be lonely like a whole vine of grapes with me. I won't be lonely. I, we can get drunk off our, our grape wine, you know? If an old, if one gets old, you can drink it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're California. It's California based. You know, I'm still California rooted. So I would say grapes. <laughs> Well, that was a well thought out answer right there. That really was. People like panic. My friend says banana and he's like, because they're they're sweet and nice. I was like, what kind of an answer what? is that? What? Okay, bananas have personalities now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I said for mine is that I would be a cherry because they're sweet, but they're also tart. So like sassy. Okay. I think that fits me quite well. Okay. What is your favorite cartoon character and why? Because I'm sure you watch a lot of cartoons with your kids. So you're yeah. even more educated favorite, on this. Yeah. You know what? I think I would be Simba. My favorite cartoon is, or cartoon movie is Lion King. Okay. Um, and I think my character is Simba. Just because I, 
I feel like I, especially as a kid, I saw a lot of myself in Simba, like just okay. this eager, naive kid who had to learn the hard way, like very hard headed. Like my dad would tell me, okay, don't do this. I had to, I had to know like why, like, like my whole thing was the why, like okay. Okay, he said it is a bad idea, but why is it a bad idea? I had to find out for myself. And obviously in Lion King, that was like Simba's problem. Mufasa would have never died if Simba would have just listened to Mufasa and not go to the, 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 elephant place but yeah so for me that that i would say uh, simba is my my character my cartoon character okay interesting i would go with ariel which is my favorite movie as well because she was rebellious and she always wanted to know what else there is going on in the world so i would say that's me okay yeah i also had a tape we had a vhs tape of little mermaid and i watched it so many times that i broke it (laughs) that's how obsessed i was (laughs) how many times for halloween were you ariel Actually, no times. No times. Well, 2021, we have a costume for Monica. I guess so. I, that's crazy. I've never, I've been, I've been a Dalmatian. I was Cruella DeVille, obviously. A lion, a, I was actually a lion. I don't know if I was Simba or not. I think that was the first one uh, I remember. But yeah, I guess 2021, we figured out my Halloween costume. Got it. We figured cool. it out. All right, yeah. we got two more for you. Where would you go if you were invisible? Ooh, where would I go if I was invisible? See, we're doing thought-provoking is... questions, trying to get to know the real you. Yeah, that's a good one. Gee, wow. I would probably just swim around the ocean to see the way animals behave when there's no humans around. That's a good one, actually. Thanks. I, I have an unfair advantage where I can think of my answer while you're talking. Yeah, that is a good one. Wow. Can I use that one? Can, I, can we share that one? Sure, we can share it. Dope. So I would love to see what, what's going on down there. Perfect. Okay, and our last one, also thought-provoking. How do you self-sabotage? Meaning in, like, which way? It can be any way that you want. It can be, like, on just in general for yourself or in relationships, whatever way that you want it to be. I mean, there's many different ways that we could be self-sabotaging ourselves. I think for me it's just the, the discipline part. That is one way of self-sabotaging. Uh, just myself, just being more disciplined. Like I said, I've always been like the the why and wanting to learn for myself. And like sometimes it just takes just being disciplined to like, all right, this happened to this person, it happened to that person. Like, why would you try to do that too? So I think just, just the discipline part is what I'm working on, especially 2021. It's just being more of a disciplined, focused person. Uh, because I can wander, I can I like, like that. yeah, I can wander and, 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 and just want to know the why all the time. And sometimes it's, 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 uh, it's not for the best to, to, you know, want to figure out all these other answers, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, sometimes there aren't even answers that, to, to have. Answer. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Exactly. For me, I would say is that I always want to see the good in people and I give and I make excuses for people instead of just taking people for the way that they are. I think that's kind of in friendships and relationships. That's always been my downfall that I just, again, I just try to, I don't see people for who they are. I try to see them as these amazing people. Mm -hmm. That's dope though. Um, I mean, it sucks because sometimes you see people and they're just not good people when you, when push come to shove and you like see their true colors but I, I think that that speaks volumes and like the person you are though like just being a positive good person like you always oh there's some good in this person you know what I mean you can always like try to fetch yeah. out some good in, in in that individual so it's more so on you like you know being a, a good and genuine person you know what I mean 
I try. So, I try, but it bites me in the ass sometimes. Knows? Yeah. I guess you got to learn the hard way. I do every single time. That's that's me learning the hard way. <laughs> well, that is all the questions that I have. Uh, do you want to announce any projects that you have coming out anytime soon? Do you want to tell people where to follow you? What you got? Um, yeah, you can follow me on all platforms. Instagram, it's YG Trace. Twitter is YG underscore Trace. And just be on the lookout the 21st, my PG5s hit the store they hit the market and uh actually they'll be on nike id very soon as well bunch of colorways are going to hit the market pretty soon so if you're a fan of the pg series the pg5 signature will be on its way perfect there you go now you guys know where to find them that is that's my sign off right there i love it thank you so much for doing this i appreciate yes, it i'm but... sure all the younger athletes will love to hear about how to go about injuries absolutely i hope i was helpful i hope you know Anyone can use whatever I had to say as motivation, as kind of, you know, I've been there, done that. I've been in those situations. Hopefully they can all use me as a resource. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.